have tuned into RDHM Finance podcast where we talk about finance, business and life in general. Our aim is to provide you with the right knowledge, the right mindset and the right path in order to achieve financial freedom and make your lives a tad bit easier. Hi guys, this is the 6th episode and I know you guys are all as excited as I am. So let's start off this episode with a positive quote by Brian Hulligan. What separates good content from great content is a willingness to take risk and push the envelope. Welcome guys. Our guest for today will be talking about the importance of marketing, the right time to do marketing whether prior to product launch or after it, the new marketing methods in the market, the effectiveness of influencer marketing, the best platforms for marketing your product and about some analytical tools that you can use for calculating the ROI on your marketing and much more. So please welcome Chris Davis from New York. So welcome Chris. It's been amazing having you on the podcast and I'm really happy today to have such a guest like you on my show. So can you start by introducing yourself to the audience? Hey, what's going on everyone? And thanks so much for having me on. I am Chris Davis. I'm an internet marketer and web designer and um, yeah, an agency owner. I have been trying to do entrepreneurship for a while. And once I left my job, I kind of just dived into it. And here I am today. Um, just launched a new agency called Revcardo, where we do PR and B2B CRM setup for people. So um, that's been going pretty good. And we've just been trying to expand and grow, hire some people and uh, keep things moving like that, man. Yeah, it's a pleasure for us to have you, man. Yeah, so, thanks for having me. So how did you develop your interest in marketing? That is a good question. So I actually used to be in web design. And when I started getting into web design, I started loving it. And I noticed that like, there's not much to just web design. I like I wanted to do more. So like no disrespect to like web designers, but like I just it just wasn't enough for me to do. And I was like, you know, there has to be more to this. So I started dipping into like SEO a little bit because I was naturally doing it while I was designing sites. And I was like, oh, this is pretty interesting. A lot of people think it's boring. I found it pretty interesting. Uh like analytics and stuff like that and social media. And then I started getting pretty good at all these things and started seeing like how much stuff was overlapping. And by that point, I was like, oh, this is all the same thing. It's, it's just digital marketing. So like web design, digital marketing, everything I was doing was an aspect of digital marketing and like kind of helped everything that I do today. Um, so that's when I was like, you know, I officially just took on the title of digital marketer, internet marketer um, and was just going like that. I'm not niche down in any specific um, section. I was going to niche down to SEO, but um, I decided to kind of just, you know, just do entrepreneurship and kind of be in charge of marketing so right mm -hmm. now you're the chief marketing officer yes yep yep being co-founder yep yeah you got it that's, that's pretty amazing man and i think the seo as well the seo aspect is also quite well known like people like i was just researching yesterday itself so so just, i just got to know that seo is not just on google it's everywhere so if yep. i just it's if i just type uh, type in that okay this is my brand and i'm gonna search it on google then definitely it's gonna come but when i search the top finance companies and then it comes on google then that's a good seo so exactly if, yeah so that's what i learned about seo that it gives you the ranking that you need and it increases your reach towards people as well like you get more clients 
Right. Yeah. You can't do anything without SEO. Like I was every, and, and like you, and you might be doing SEO and just don't notice it. Like anything you do needs to be, now I do things like naturally, like it just comes to me as I'm doing it. Cause I've been doing it for so long now, but I remember when I first started, like I would be doing things and like a lot of times SEO stuff is just natural. Like it's just kind of, it's kind of common sense. Some of it, some of it's like very deep and, and like, you know, some of the stuff I don't even understand yet. Like I haven't gotten that far, but like most of the general things are kind of like, it all makes sense. It's like, Oh, okay. Like none of it's super abstract or, you know, it's pretty to the point. And it's just like, a, you can make a checklist out of everything for SEO. Right. But it's quite fun. I have to say that. Oh yeah. Yeah. A lot of people think it's boring. I'm like, I don't know. I'm like some of it can, it, it's tedious. It's not going to, if you're looking for instant results, that's not going to be it. But like, if you like going through and like formatting things and cleaning things up and make sure headers are all like, you know, stuff like that, like that's, that stuff is cool. I enjoy it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> How long has it been that you've been learning about marketing? So I would say about three to four years now, I'd say three, three solid years. Um, I was working at Comcast in 2017 and that's when I started really getting into it. And then by 2018, I left there and got into a job that I hated. So um, <laughs> I, yeah, and that's why I left there and started my first agency. So yeah, I think uh, probably about three years now. Yeah, from 2017, I'd say like a solid three. I think it's yeah. a wish for a lot of people to like evade that nine to five lifestyle and do something wherein they get the results, you know, you love work for yourself. So it feels good. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I advise anyone, like if you're out there and you're like, um, like, I'm not going to tell people like to leave their jobs, like just out of nowhere. But like, if you have a plan, like I was developing a plan for like, like, I, I think I stuck it out at this job for like six months almost. So I was like, you know, even before I did, I got this job, I was like, cool. Um, I was like, cool. It's paying me a lot more. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to save up as much as I can. I had a set goal to save. And then, um, as soon as I hit that goal, I was like, okay, cool. And then like, I hated it there. I didn't think I was going to hate it there. So I was like, I wasn't really planning on leaving ASAP. But then like after the few, after the first like month, I was like, or two months, I was like, yeah, I got to get out of here, man. So just saved up as much as I could. And then just make sure I was all right. And, you know, like, you, know, you should always save for at least like six to a, six months to a year of like living expenses. <laughs> right, right. And it's so good that, to explore, yeah. man. Like at our age, we have so like such a tender age. At, at this age, I think we should be exploring things out around. And even if it doesn't work out, we have more chances for it. So it's not like we are too old to like give up on our dreams or something. We need to explore. I think that's the best thing you could do. Exactly. Um, then we're, and we, yeah, like while you're young, man, like I'm, I was 25 when I left there. I'm 26 now. Um, my, my other job was 25 and I was like, you know, then when I started getting into entrepreneurship, I was like 24. So I was like, kind of just really looking into it and thinking about things. Um, yeah. Like you need to start like as early as possible. As every time I see someone like really young, like 20, like right. 19, 18, I'm like, dude, start now. Every time I see an 18 year old, like, like, you know, I'm not going to say they might be a real true entrepreneur yet, but like, even if they call themselves an entrepreneur and they're actually doing what they're supposed to be doing, I'm always like, man, you have so much time. Like you're going to be a beast in like three years. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Time isn't running away. You have the time. <laughs> exactly. It's just crazy. Like, like, and I feel like people just get younger and younger, like stuff starts to get like, it's, things are easy. And I feel like the internet's simple as long as people have like the focus to learn. Like, I feel like a lot of people just don't want to learn. Like, I feel like I was constantly reading blogs like every single day. And then I'll have people ask me questions like they don't even do research, you know? And that's what kind of upsets me when like someone comes and asks me a question about something. Like 
should they use a certain software? And I'm like, that's, that's cool. But I'm like, yo, you can go to Google. Like every time I'm about to buy something, I literally go and do tons of review searches. Like just the amount of research that people don't do, like you'll have such a leg up if you just research things and read tons of blogs and books and stuff and just read and absorb content. Exactly, man. There is a lot of resource out there. And I think if you have the purpose that I need to do this thing in life, so definitely you would have the willingness to like learn more and more through blogs, podcasts, or it can be any medium. But yep. yeah, there is definitely a willingness to learn when you have a purpose. Exactly. Yeah. Podcasts are good too. That's another thing I started getting into when I was at my other job. I'm just, and a lot of times people are at their jobs and they're like, they have a lot of busy work and they're just like, you know, have time where you're just sitting there or you're just doing like a task that you really don't need to focus on, but you just kind of click through it. Like literally sit there and listen to a podcast, like get your mindset right. Right, right. So what's the story behind Refcar to marketing agency that you started and how do you go about helping your customers through it? Great question, man. So um, I actually was like kind of becoming more of a, like specifically Instagram marketer probably like a few months ago. And I was just like really niche down, focusing on Instagram. Um, since then I've kind of expanded and just kind of be omni-channel. But yeah, I was like focused on Instagram. So I was growing on there. And I came across one of my friends or um, my now co-founder. Um, he had hit me up on there. Like, uh, so I met him on Instagram. He was like, hey, do you want to like help me? Like, I'm, you know, find out about each other. And then like, we're like, you want to start an agency with me? Like, I'm, I have an idea. I don't know what you think. And I was like, yeah. So he pitched it to me and I was like, oh, dude, like send me a whole proposal. I was like, this is good. I like this. So we met um, right before COVID came. Right. Uh, we met in person. Yeah. And then, uh, we were like super, you know, hype for everything. And then everything got closed down, which was kind of a bummer. But the beautiful part is like, like we founded our company during a pandemic, you know, it's like that just adds to the story. It shows that like you can do anything, man. Uh, anything in digital marketing is, is, is pretty safe. Uh, so yeah, we, um, so we started off with like the kind of the notion of helping B2B companies find their customer journeys. So going through the six stages and just making sure that, they're checking in at each stage. So our, so we just came out with an ebook called the B2B customer journey playbook, where it literally goes into like stage one, like awareness. And then it'll tell you like what exactly to do at that stage. So but we like trying to like fix that for people. because A lot of people don't understand it or like are wasting money on HubSpot and stuff like that and don't understand how to use it. So like our goal is just come in there, shake it up and make sure that, you know, that everything's straight and they know how to use it and then train them on it. Um, and then we also offer like PR to, personal brands so athletes and like music uh artists and stuff like that and just right. try and help them grow through like pr articles uh we're working on a software right now that should be capable of sending out like over 400 um pieces of content throughout like so like right now we're just focused on distribution that's the hardest part um like right. a lot because a lot of companies don't offer pr articles and that's cool but like the distributions where it comes down to where like we're right now we charge per article so like we can get you in yahoo finance for like a certain price, but um, like we're trying to make it so that you pay this one price and we can blast your one piece of content out into like 400 different things at once. So we're working on that right now. Uh, and yeah, so it's basically what we, 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 we've been doing. Um, we're trying to just start expanding and add, we're adding video now too. So hopefully that's pretty amazing. Man. That's pretty yeah. amazing because the thing is that customers usually like when you are focused only on Instagram, that there are people who might be using Pinterest better. There are people who might be using Instagram. Some might be using mm -hmm. Facebook and the customers are like segregated and in each and every social media. So I think when you are capitalizing on everything that's there in the marketing field. So today I think the influencer marketing, like a lot of people are using these kind of things. So 
with the revolution that's happening, I think it's a good thing that you're targeting each and everything and you're providing these kind of services. Mm -hmm. And that thing that you told about the like 400 content pieces, and that's pretty amazing, man. That's an insane idea. I think it's going to work out well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're hoping we're getting that getting that software acquired. And then, yeah, I think that'll give us a leg up in the PR industry because then, uh, yeah, and each piece of content is unique and it's good for SEO. It's our whole thing too. Like we want to get an SEO too. So like if you like if you keep doing campaigns with us where we blast out to 400 like on a weekly basis, like you'll be probably ranking number one within like a few weeks. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So what's the importance of marketing and what factors should be covered under a marketing plan? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so we actually are working on our marketing plan now. Like we were kind of late with it because uh, we've kind of like we're we've been more on so like just kind of dive in and try things out and then kind of fix things after just to start. We're all about getting started and then optimizing. That. Yeah. So right now, I think some important things that like we try to focus on, not super specific, but high level, I would say just like social media, like make sure you are on social media and you are like really posting every day at least, if not twice a day. And you're like, you're going hard on there. You're sharing people's stuff. You're, you're building a community. Um, so I think the community aspect is huge when it comes to marketing. Uh, and also just having like some type of offer, like a free offer. Like right now we're doing our ebook. Um, Cause then it introduces you to so many more, so many new people. Like we've had tons of calls with like different people that want partnerships and things like that. And, uh, and utilize partnerships. That's been like our main thing. Like, uh, we don't have a ton of clients, but we have like a ton of partnerships and that's how we get our clientele through that. Uh, yeah. So I think like having a nice pro uh, partner program goes a long way and affiliates too. So you have different streams of income. Right. And I think the kind of way that the world is moving, like right now, a lot, many people are not heading outside their home. So I think digital marketing is something that comes to people's place. Like everyone is just stuck to their smartphones. And I think with digital marketing, you are actually capitalizing on that amount of time that people are spending on social media. And I think that's the best way to reach out. So I think digital marketing has a very big role to play, I think here. Oh yeah. And right now, man, like we've had so many calls with like gyms and things like that, that are closed down. But I would say to people right now, like one of our tactics we're thinking about testing out is like just face-to-face -face marketing, right? Where I'm knocking on doors like sales. I'm, I'm knocking on doors. I'm handing you some material and I'm going to tell you, Hey, like we see you guys just open back up. Let us know if you need help getting back up on your feet. Uh, we can handle the, the digital aspect of everything. Um, so yeah, just going to local companies around the way and just seeing if they have like a grand opening or reopening sign on the door and just going in, dropping off some con some content and just being like, Hey, like hit us up. Right. Right. And what is the right time to start marketing according to you? Like, is it prior to launching your product or after launching it? I say, I'd say definitely before. Um, I say like every time we are about to do something, I always try my best to like get data on it. Cause I come from a UX background, UX UI design. So I'm mm -hmm. all about testing and like, you know, making sure what we're doing is the right thing. So we AB test like everything. And I'd say that like surveying before you do something and investing into something is always a smart way to go. Like I wouldn't make an online course without knowing that it's going to be able to sell. And if, even if that means doing pre-orders, like I'm going to do pre-orders on that. Uh, but yeah, like at least telling people, Hey, I got this coming out when, when it's coming out. So people won't be surprised by it and they'll, you know, have money ready for it or like they're ready to download it. Um, and then you can start getting names. I just like, I like doing pre-sales. Like before we were doing our ebook, I was just taking down emails and just like making sure I give it to early access and then getting feedback so I can make it better for when I actually launch it. 
Right, right. I think that's mm-hmm. the way a lot of companies work. Like even Apple, even any kind of software company also. I think it first of all rules out any kind of a beta software. It's like testing out with all those people. People are giving reviews on YouTube about that software. And ultimately, when they get all the kind of feedback that is positive, negative, anything about it, and they make the changes. And finally, while this happens, there is a marketing that's happening behind because people get to know, okay, some beta testing is going on, some good product is about to come. But ultimately, the company is able to acquire information, what's working, what's not working. They make the changes and when they're launching, it's a boom. Like everyone knows that it's a perfectly working product and it has been tested and it works quite well. And like if the influencers are using, I think I should also use it. So yeah, that's about it. A lot of companies Mm -hmm. are using it. Right. No, totally agree. It's a good way to go. Right. So... Mm -hmm. Today, the marketing industry is going through a revolution and a lot of changes happening. What do you think are the new modes of marketing that companies have started to use? So I'd say right now, with the situation everyone's in, um, a lot of people are like cutting back on their marketing budgets because of COVID and stuff. Like it still is affecting a lot of um, marketers. So I'd say like automation has been huge. Um, and even if you're not mar- like cutting back your budget, just like in order to scale, like you have to automate things. So I know AI and like marketing automation um, is getting huge. Like we use HubSpot, like we're HubSpot partners. So we use them for all of our like automation and like email sequences. So I'd say like trying to, f- trying to find something that works manually. And once it works, find a way to automate it. And then if you can't automate it, hire somebody to do it. And that's the only way you're going to scale. Yeah, exactly. Because the thing is that as in when you grow, your company grows, then your customer segments also increase, then you have to serve a lot mm-hmm. of people, maybe from different countries as well. And in that case, yeah. I think that whenever you are like uh, rolling out any marketing campaign, so initially you there might be a case that, okay, I'm going to do it manually. I'm going to hire someone from India to do marketing in India. I'm going to hire someone from Africa to do marketing in Africa. So that mm-hmm. is the kind of sentiment that the companies might have. But now with the automation coming in, so people just find out, okay, this is the perfect way the marketing is working in India. And I think instead of paying hundreds of people the marketing cost, they are charging $1 lakh as a salary. Why not just spend $5 lakh like Giving 100 people $1 lakh salary is like too costly. Instead, why not invest in a half million dollar software, which can do all the automation according to different areas, like different segments. So that way you save a yes. lot on the cost. And ultimately, I think it works as well because you have tested it manually, like you said. Yeah, like I just, I'm all about automation. Like I just think that's the way to do it. Um, and like I said, like sometimes you will have to hire somebody, but also, but it's the same, it's the same con- concept, just knowing when to do it. Like, you know, you do it manually. Once you find a way that works, you, you know, record it and then train somebody or you just automate it. And then I agree, man. I, yeah. ag- I totally agree. Because even, if, even if ultimate amounts of progress happens in artificial intelligence, machine learning, but there will be at least some person out there who will also be monitoring that, that AI and ML is going on, on the right path. Right. So you will right. have to have some people around to watch out that the automation is also working quite well, but yeah, definitely it saves upon the cost. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are the parameters that one can use to analyze whether the marketing strategy being used is really giving the desired results? So I look, we look at, I think we hold conversions to like the highest, uh, like authority on metrics. Um, like a lot of times we like, you know, paper clicks cool, but like, what are they doing after that click? You know, there's a lot of gray space in there. And the only way to really know is to look at conversions. So if your conversion rate is high, then what you're then like going up after you change something, like then you know it's the way to do it. Um, but I would highly recommend you A B test like everything. Like anytime we come out with ads, we make at least like three sets of it. 
um, try to start off with two, then we'll throw a third one in and just make sure they're like different. Like we'll change the copy. We'll change like the imagery um, and just make them different enough so that we can tell what's the, like what's causing the change. And then we'll um, yeah, just take our ad budget out of one and put it back into the other one that's working. Uh, and then just keep optimizing after that. But you want to just make sure your conversions are high, man, because that's the only thing that tells you if you're making either making money or getting calls. You can't really show that like, you know, it's up to you once you get them on a call. But when it comes to like products you're selling, like if someone's not purchasing your product, then you need to like do something because um, they can click on that landing page. But like if they don't sign up the form and fill it out and submit it, then it's, it's not a conversion. It's not really, you know, you're not really you're messing up somewhere on that page. Right. But you can't tell if you're not looking at your conversion. You'll just be like, oh, like, you know, 100 people click this link. That's cool. But like, what do they do after they click, click the link? That's really what it is, like the submit button. That's that's really or purchase button. That's it. I think that's the way to go, man. Like yesterday, I was just seeing the movie The Intern. So I, I saw that yeah. movie. And then in that uh, entrepreneur, like she was just running a company by the name of About The Fit. And I saw that she was discussing with her employees that, okay, there are 90%, like 900 people might be coming to the website, but they're just coming to the homepage and then they just leave. They're not clicking on any button. They're not doing that. So she was trying to mm-hmm. optimize the homepage so that people take actions, people click on it, people buy the items. So I think that's the way to go, man. Like you need to see what's working out and what's making people to take actions towards buying. How can you actually convert that? So I think, yeah, that's the way to go, man. Yeah, man. And then lower, lowering your bounce rate. I think it's like, that's like the two things, like conversions and then bounce rate. Like you want your bounce rate to be the lowest it can be. And then you want your conversions to be the highest it can be. If those two are in sync, like you're, you're probably doing well. Right, right. So a lot of small companies have started using influencer marketing for their products and services. What is your take on it? And does it really help? Yeah, influencer marketing is great, man. Like, I don't like to consider myself an influencer, but I, I kind of am. I've had brands hit me up and ask me to do campaigns for them. Um, and I'm currently work. Yeah, I'm currently working with one now. So it's, it's, it's great on both ends. I think it's cool. Like once you build it, you put a whole lot of hard work in to build up this audience that's super optimized. Like they will buy what you want, you know, what you say to buy. And then, yeah, then you get paid for that and the company gets some ROI off it too. So um, we're looking into that from a business standpoint where, with our PR offering, we're trying to also throw in influencer marketing because there's a lot of platforms that do it and you can kind of go through them. Like TikTok has its own platform right. um, where you can just find influencers that match your criteria for your brand. Boom. You got the connection. Cool. Then you just tell them what you want them to make a video on. They do it. And then, you know, hopefully they drive traffic to you. It's pretty much just, it's word of mouth pretty much, but you, you have, you'll get some decent ROI and you can kind of track things. Exactly, man. Like influencers out there, people follow them with so much heart. Some some influencers are there, like people love them from their heart and they want to follow each and everything that that influencer is doing. So I've seen like big, big companies also, they're approaching influencers on YouTube as well. People are doing YouTube videos on their products. People are some or the other way, they're mentioning the product and we don't even get to know that, okay, that was a sponsored thing. So yeah, that's a very cool way to market your product and people also don't realize that, okay, it was some sponsored ad or something. So that's pretty cool way to like get into it, have some connections with the people and influence some marketing. I think you get to reach with just one person, you are able to reach like millions of consumers. That works. Yeah, it's just, yeah, you'll get an ROI if you just find the right person. Exactly. So these days, digital marketing has become part of any organization's marketing strategy. I see Microsoft doing it. I see Amazon doing it. I see every other company that's working, be it small, mm-hmm. big, everyone's doing it. So how do you think digital marketing helps companies to work on their top line? 
I think it helps because like there's so many there's so many aspects to it. Like every there's a lot of aspects in digital marketing, right? And I think that like finding what it is that you need to work on is always, you know, like like Amazon noticed that by lowering their like page load time to like I can't remember what the numbers were, but I know that for every second their their site doesn't load or millisecond, um, they lose like a million dollars of revenue or something crazy like that, right? So like even if you don't know it's affecting you by not doing digital marketing or not really focusing on it, like it's affecting you. Definitely, man. I think people are like, uh, I've observed businesses, they try to make their website super fast. They don't want to lose up on revenue just because their site is a little bit slow. They spend so much money on the servers so as to maintain mm-hmm. a higher speed. And people like I've seen Wix, I've seen like Shopify, I've seen different platforms. They're charging extra money just for that fast interface. Yeah, I would honestly speed and mobile and like both of those combined, I put those over everything. Um, I used to put like the style of things over everything, but at the end of the day, like so many people don't care about what your site looks like visually as long as they can navigate it. So like I just, I put functionality, functionality over everything. Um, if you, if you have a site that's easy to navigate, um, you know, you're focusing on some type of SEO at least like at least basic SEO and like you're putting a blog out on a regular basis and you have a fast site that looks good on a phone and loads fast on a phone. There's, there's no way you're going to do bad. Um, Google will love you and you'll like customers won't leave your website as long as your, your stuff makes sense. Like you don't have to focus on the site looking beautiful. Very true. Very true. Yeah. So what are the ways in which the right customer can be targeted and there is more return for your marketing dollars spent? Well, first you have to identify your, your ideal customer, right? Like who would you want to work with ideally, or who's going to be buying your product ideally? Um, like who do you want to be representing your product? Uh, and who do you think would like, you know, what type of person would be buying it? Once you identify that, then you kind of have your, you know, you might have a couple different audiences, but like if you have that one specific, you got one great audience and you kind of just focus on that, you know, in Facebook ads, you can, you can set up interests and stuff like that. Just like you get target and that's like all it's about. Um, and then you, even on your content, you kind of make all of your stuff tailored towards that audience. Right, right. Because if you're selling any kind of product and it does not match your customer segment, then it's not going to work out. If you're selling like, you're selling like houses, they might be like $3 lakh or $10 lakh, maybe anywhere close to $3 lakh or one. So if you're selling in a neighborhood mm-hmm. where the income is only $25,000, so they're not going to be able to afford it. And that marketing cost is going to go in vain. Instead, if that real right. estate agency is spending somewhere where the people are earning in millions or maybe like 500 grand a year. So I think that's going to work out there and that way you will be able to get customers which actually have the ability to purchase your product. Exactly. Like you want to make sure, yeah, there's always qualifying and that's why there's like stages to it. Like that's the point of funnels. Like you kind of throw a wide net and then see who funnels down to like your ideal. But um, yeah, there's always a starting point of like, I at least know this much about the customer. Let's start with that. Right. So which is a better platform for digital marketing, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, and why? I'm, I think I'm going to go, uh, Facebook's cool. I, I really don't think, I don't really appreciate them much when it comes to an organic, like just basic like platform. I like their ads, like their ads are probably like one of the best platforms for ads. But um, when it comes to just, you know, marketing, like free marketing, social media uh, marketing on them, I think I would like to go with YouTube. First, I would have said Instagram, like if this was like three months ago, but 
video is just huge, man. Like it's if you just start with video, you can break down so much content from video that you won't even have to choose between a certain platform because you can make it for all the platforms. Uh, but when it comes to YouTube and their, the way they work, it's just like a search engine. It's just SEO. It's just like Google. It's like you have a blog. Um, you put out a post on, on YouTube, you will still be getting views on it a year from now, maybe right. even more views. Um, on Instagram, like your post is done in two days. Like it's not going to, all of a sudden rise up after two days of being on the platform. Yeah, that's something like came up to my mind just right now. Like I just got to know about this like from you right now, but it's true, man. Like when we are posting on Instagram, the posts are gonna go down and only the latest posts are gonna show up. But in YouTube, whenever you're searching something and anyone, if you want to see that how to do a podcast, so if someone's video is on top, so it's always gonna be there for people to watch. It's not gonna be like only the latest videos coming out. So yeah, I think that's why, wow, man, that's smart. That's smart. Exactly, yeah, YouTube's the bomb. Uh, and I just, yeah, I just think it's like a very good way of, and you can monetize YouTube. That's the, that's the one thing, like all these platforms, you can monetize them yourself, but none of them pay you directly. Like YouTube literally gives you a cut of ad dollars at a certain point. You just have exactly. to work hard to get there. Exactly. Exactly. Now, what is our take on word of mouth marketing? And is there a strategy wherein the companies can spark a conversation about its product? Yeah, man. Word of mouth is probably one of the best forms, especially if you're starting out, like it's hard to get any type of, of, um, traffic. If you're, if you're not buying ads or if you don't know how to work ads correctly, like you'll end up wasting money, um, and your time. So I think word of mouth, if you have any type of past clients or friends, just kind of passing the word around, man. And, and this comes from like, just kind of like reputation marketing, right? Um, like our plan, like our strategy right now is having, um, I want to eventually offer reputation management, but just kind of garnering reviews. I think reviews are huge. Like I don't buy anything if I don't see a good review behind it, like like a lot of reviews behind it. Um, so the more reviews, the better. So I think it's starting to become a lot more important in different people's uh, marketing strategies is to garner reviews. So if you could find a way to get tons of reviews on different platforms like Google, um, Amazon, like whatever your product is or service and just getting it everywhere as possible and as many. And then just making sure you have that like trust building aspect all over your website. Like every page should have some type of like nice quote about your company or something like that from a past client, you know? Exactly, man. Like I think word of mouth works quite well in cases wherein you are just starting out. So I think I was listening to Shabank's founder. So he runs actually okay. a company. Yeah, it started like a, a while back and it has crossed, the, it's also a marketing agency and it has crossed $30 million of revenue. So what it has, yeah, so what it did, how it started and how it went so big in a very less time was initially it went to one of the biggest companies in India. So it went to Godrej and then it also went to Cadbury as well. So it it got the first two contracts for that business was from Cadbury and Hmm. Godrej. And from that, they gave reference to everyone that, okay, we guys are the people who got, they got like tons of ads on newspapers, YouTube, everything. Everyone is knowing them. Oh God, man, these guys were able to crack the interviews or crack the tenders with these big companies. I think they might have something good. I think we should also approach them. So their customer segment increased like at a very tremendous speed. And I think that was the factor. And like, he believes so much in the people. Like he says that he has six gorillas he says that i have gorillas in my company he has six Mm -hmm. people from different countries 
which are experts in their own field. And he believes that if you have experts of different fields, then I think you can get the best work out of it. So they do a ton of work. It's maybe content marketing. It may be making uh, videos for your, you. It may be SEO. It can be anything, but they're doing yeah. it so well. And right now what their segment is, they're bringing the international the communities, the international people, employees to India, and they're sending the Indian uh, mentality and the Indian, like the abilities of marketing and all to abroad. So that's how his mindset is working. And he's growing quite well, man. I was like, it really inspired that, okay, he got two more, two offers from biggest companies. And just mm -hmm. through word of mouth marketing, everyone was just after them. Please take my offer as well. I want you guys to work for me. So that's quite working well. If you can really exercise on word of mouth marketing, it can really make your company grow a lot faster. Yeah, it's huge, man. You can even create a program around it where, you know, uh, refer us to a friend. I see that all the time or, you know, rate us and then, you know, share this on Twitter and be like, you know, we just bought so-and-so from so-and-so. So I just think it's, yeah, if you just keep having, giving people an incentive, like 20% off or something like that, you give people incentive to spread the word, it'll, it'll come back around to you. Exactly. Now, it is being said that artificial intelligence and big data are the future mediums of marketing. So what is your take on it? I think they are. I'm not sure how far you can go with AI in certain things just because, you know, there's certain things that humans have to do, like you have to do yourself. But there are things like we were talking about earlier with automation that can be done, you know, by learning, machine learning and stuff like that. Um, so it depends on what it is. I, I saw something the other day and it was kind of like you type in three paragraphs and it creates a blog post for you based off of what you typed in. I'm not trusting anything with SEO and AI because it's most likely going to be taking things from sources on other websites. So there's like certain things you want to do it with certain things you don't want to, um, anything having to do with SEO, like content, I, I'm not touching AI, <laughs> But if it comes to like, you know, setting up a sequence and then like learning how that sequence works and automatically um, adjusting my ad spend to that, you know, something like that, then that's cool. Um, you know, that has some 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 room. But I, yeah, I'm not trusting anything that have to do with content and AI and things like that. Yeah. Like you might be knowing Michael Bloomberg. So he has one of the biggest yeah. data companies and like he, he has data of so many things about each and every company out that is out there in the world. So the thing is that big data can evolve in this way that in future, like right now there might be this thing. I'm not sure about it, but so like we talked about earlier that when someone is trying to sell maybe a car that is worth like $50,000. So a person who's mm -hmm. earning only $10,000 won't be able to afford it. So if there is a data with some company and it has the names of all the people who have an income above like 200 grand. So then that data is very valuable to that company. If you can directly contact them, get the email IDs, you can target them directly. That's the best thing you could do. Like you directly get to the customers that can afford it and get that. So yeah. And then, um, that's why lead gen is so big. I think we all, we do lead gen. We don't, we don't sell leads, but we help our clients generate their own like leads for them specifically. And they're, they're paying us like all together with the CRM, but, um, like you can sell email, a uh, uh, lead list, like if you ever generating a ton of leads for a specific industry, like maybe by accident, like you're getting leads that you don't need, but someone else might need them. You can organize all of them and sell them. Um, people pay like top dollar for some, if it's a really good lead, like you got a nice amount of information from them. And there's some businesses that literally just do that. Like they'll have like a form on the website and then just use it to generate leads for exactly. other people. Exactly. Now, how much money should a company spend on their online marketing? Um, that's a good question. It's, it's, 
it can vary. I think I would at least be putting like in marketing overall, I would be putting between like 50 and 60% probably. And then of that 50 to 60, I would say like 40 should 40% should be um, digital marketing. Uh, and then like, you know, the other 20% could be like other traditional type marketing um, like right. events and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I'll definitely be putting at least like 50% into, into some type of marketing strategy just to make sure that, you know, cause things, they cost a lot, but it has the biggest ROI, right? Like you need That's your true. analytics, you need that software, you need different things for your website. You need, I think that might be the, one of the biggest ones, uh, there's different software then your ad spend. So I'm going to put that in there too. Uh, you should have a nice chunk of ad spend every month because if you keep a consistent ad spend, you should generate consistent traffic. Uh, and it just gives you a ton of data. And like you were just saying, big data is huge. Like that's another thing. Like when you're an early company, the one thing that you don't have that these big companies do is data. Like you don't have enough, like your pixel hasn't gotten enough, you know, people clicking it and touching it, going on your site and stuff for, to like have enough idea of who's been there, who's done that so that you can kind of start targeting correctly. Exactly. Because these big guys, they have the resources, like they have thousands mm -hmm. of analysts sitting there and for each and every co company that exists out there, they have incorporated this data for each and every company. So for an individual company, for a small company, it does not have the resources to like collate every data about each and every company that's out there in the world. So that's something difficult for small, but I think with scaling, when the company grows out, you can definitely work upon providing those kind of services as well. No, nah, for sure. Um, yeah. And that just, yeah, I think that, I think that's a nice place to put a budget and just make a nice chunk of that your ad spend. And, uh, yeah. And if you, you know, if you're managing your ads, then you're good. But if you're, if you're having somebody, you're paying someone for that too, you know, you gotta take that into account. Exactly. Now, does every company out there need online marketing? And if not, which are the businesses which don't need social media marketing? Man, I'm going to go and say every, like I've never seen, like I'm never going to advise a business to be like, you don't need to be online. Cause I really think if you're not online within the next couple of years, like you will not make it. Like I, I just, there's more businesses going online every year. Um, there's no excuse to not be online other than like, you don't know what you're doing, which is like not good. Uh, so I think that like whatever the business is, you need to have a, some type of website. If you're a barbershop, you need to have a, somewhere where people can book appointments. Like you, there's always a website you can have for any business and that automatically brings you online. And then you just use social media. You can post anything, man. Just post pictures, educate people and just, you know, just drive traffic to that website. That's all you're doing. Exactly. Just lead magnets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I've seen like companies, they are spending like everyone, like there is a saying that what is seen sells. So if you're not being seen by people, like even in the finance world, if I tell you that there are various companies which are being traded on the stock exchange and those companies which have more larger presence in the market, people trade more. So like if you think about SpaceX, actually mm -hmm. think about it. Has SpaceX got anything to do with the retail people? Like, do you even, are you even going to use that rocket to go to space? No, right? right? But still, we might be holding the shares of that company. Why so? Because that, uh, that is the strategy of Elon, wherein he's making the presence felt and more and more people knowing that company, then more and more people are investing and that increases the value of the company as well. So I think marketing presence online increases the value of your company as well. Yeah. Brand awareness, man. Like that's why I tell people to get on TikTok. I'm like, even if you don't know what you're doing, at least get on TikTok. Cause like thousands of people can find out that you exist. 
Exactly. Your presence must be felt when that's uh, I, where I agree with you that before, like we've talked in the previous question as well, that if you can market yourself before launching, that's even better because you have the right amount of traffic initially mm -hmm. as well, because initially you have a high fixed cost and everything. If you have like a separate office build, then you even have a higher cost. You have rent, everything to pay out. But if you have right. initial customers, then you get the ability to handle the cash flow well. So I think that's a very good strategy. Like marketing from before also works out quite well. Yeah, yeah. Any yeah, no matter what your business is, you need to have a website. And like I just I just don't understand it. When I see companies that don't have websites or, you know, don't have these like simple things where like they're making enough to hire someone to do it. I don't know. I don't know why they're not. Exactly. Now a lot of people say that emotional ads works the best. In your opinion, which type of social media content converts the best? Yeah. So in general, I would say like disruptive content. So I guess emotional, I guess emotional is like disruptive. Um, it can be, um, I would say no matter what the ad is, make it disruptive. So like, and, and this is mostly for social media. Um, if you're scrolling, you know, you're going through, like you need something that's going to stop somebody. Cause like people naturally, people have ad fatigue. Like they see ads all day long for stuff that they don't care about. So even if they do care about it, they probably seen it before. So they're going to keep scrolling. Um, you need something that's weird or like funny or just looks crazy is bright, different that like just stops them in their tracks. And then I guess you can get into the emotional part then. Um, but I do think like anything that just strikes emotion is going to do better. And that's even for free content, like advertising, free content, whatever. Um, anything that has some type of emotional attachment is going to make someone want to want to take action. Exactly. I think there is also a uh, like thing that's happening in the world, how it's changing is that like anything that can spark an emotion in you that can convert. So like what is happening is right now we all are using those wristbands, like you have the Fitbit, you have Apple watch, you have everything. So that's mm -hmm. actually tracking your heartbeat, right? Now, what is going to happen in future is what, like I just researched about it. So I just know a bit about it. I'm not pretty sure about it though. But what's happening is that these heart rates, they change when you see stuff. So whenever you are being uh, seeing an ad on a website, so you have those ads. So whenever you see an ads that really connects with you, you, you are trying to buy an Apple MacBook and then you get an offer that, okay, this MacBook's available and that too for such a low price and that ad like strikes you and that changes your heart rate. Okay, so that way there is a real time monitoring that might happen in the future. And with that real time monitoring, best ad conversions can happen because the heart rate changes that can be monitored. And if some kind of ads do not change your heart rate, those ads can be removed. And those ads which instantly affects your heart rate, then that those ads can be shown more to that people. So that way the conversion rate increases. So I think that's a very smart, I think Google just acquired Fitbit a quite a long, I think a few hours, years ago. So I think that's the strategy they have understood. I think something like this might happen in the coming years. Interesting. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm curious. I was about to ask you how that works. That's pretty cool. Um, I guess they would just find yes. out the time that people's heart rates are like up at the most or something like that and then run ads there during that time. Because like our devices are connected with our mobiles as well. And there is a real time data that you can work upon that real time. Someone hmm. is seeing an ad and real time, the heartbeat is also being tracked. So somewhere if there is a connection that can be made, so that is something which can really increase the chances of you converting your ad. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm curious to find out more about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, what is your take on email marketing? Is it still relevant or people don't even open the mails? 
gotta be email gotta be an email marketing man um can't remember statistics now but there are a lot of people that still use their email like you know that mostly business people um i know a lot of like even younger people but they use their, they're on their phone but they're using the apps on their phone to look at their emails um so i know style has like you know everything being optimized is huge so like i think the design and emails are, are now like they have to be better but um yeah most business people are on their computer all day checking emails from business like their company so i think if you're if you're in b2b like you have to do email marketing um if you're b2c like that's the only way you'll get co- like um coupons and stuff to your customers and up, stuff like that so i think it's still smart it's the only way you have a line of communications with them unless you have sms marketing but i think that's even more advanced than than email like you need to start with email marketing and build up that database it's kind of like having leads like this data exactly and i think if the email is relevant to the customer then he might actually end up opening it yeah that's all it really is is like just optimizing your your subject lines and stuff like that and just you know like you you can get a good open rate from it and especially if like your just stuff that's relevant if they like signed up for your thing like they're they're in it for a reason you just got to give them what they want exactly now are there some separate analytics tools that can be used to see the roi from your marketing um it depends on what aspect of marketing um i know hubspot we use hubspot for like our ads and um it integrates all of our stuff together so like google analytics facebook pixel uh kind of integrates everything so we can see it from a single dashboard and just organize how we want it to be organized um but i know you know you have social media you have like hootsuite um i use flick uh you have iconosquare for instagram um that's social media then for email marketing you know you have aweber and drip so there's different like things and they all have their own analytics platforms but i think the only the only thing that integrates them all is like a crm so if you have salesforce they might have something but i know hubspot does So like do these analytics tools that you're talked about so do these give the information as in if you're spending 20% of your amount on insta 20% amount on email marketing 40% on offline marketing so does it give the roi separately as well that this is the conversion rate for online this is the conversion rate for facebook this is the conversion for like face uh, like instagram or youtube so do you get these kind of informations through these analytics tools as well So that's a good point. I'm actually not sure about the ROI, like the cash value of the ROI. I know it can show you conversions, so it can show you your conversion rate. You might have to do, and I guess that's something to look into. Um, and maybe HubSpot has it. We haven't used it like that yet, but you might have to do the math of how much you're spending yourself. But I know it will show you like how much, how many people converted. So if like your goal of conversion is like submitting a form, it'll show you how many people submitted that form and whatever. But uh, yeah, you might have to like. If 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 you're if you're a product company it's a little easier to see cuz you get the cash directly from them clicking a button if it's like a B2B company where they have to schedule a call it's kind of harder cuz like you have to keep track of like the sales call so like, you have to do that yourself and if you don't close them like you have to you know but they have like deal management in the back end so you can go in and like you know write the deal off or or sign it and you can close the deal or whatever and then that's how you can keep track of how much so i guess yeah i guess you can if you just look at your deals and how much the deals are and like it might do the math but i i think you might have to do the math of how much you're making yourself exactly because the thing is that thoughts come here and when you like observe the world thoughts come into your mind so like i just talked about that i just saw the movie intern so what happened was that they just found out that okay this proportion of the spending like if they're spending 70% of their marketing on some kind of like avenue and then 30% on some other then the intern that was there he told that you are actually reverse spending the conversion rate on the 30% is much higher and the conversion rate on the 70% is much lower so that way you get the ability 
to switch your cost towards different kind of marketing. So if you know that you have a 4% conversion rate through Facebook and you have an 8% conversion rate through YouTube. So I think more resources can be put towards YouTube and that way you can increase the conversion mm -hmm. rate and effectively your ROI in the future as well. For sure. No, totally agree, man. Yeah. Checking ROI and making sure you're, you know, you're getting money back from what you're spending. You, you know, that's the only way you'll stay in business. Exactly. Because like people are like, I have seen like businesses are actually spending money on this aspect as well. They're trying to find out which marketing strategy is working better for them. And then they are putting out more resources towards that kind of a marketing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not easy. I mean, it's not hard to, you know, I think like we were both saying, like, if you just check your conversions, you know, and if that looks good, then it's, it's working. Exactly. So that was amazing talking to you, man. So any last yeah. tips that you had like to give to all the startups or individuals who are trying to reach the relevant customer segment, any last tips that you would like to give? I would say just make sure you know your audience. Like that's been like my whole thing, personal brand, business brand, like knowing who you need to be selling to. So you're not wasting your time because it tell, that tells you everything you need to know. That tells you what content to put out. That tells you what like, you know, what, um, copy to put in your ads, like that tells you everything you need to know in order to sell. And if you're, if you don't know that a hundred percent, like you don't know that, then, you know, you're not, you're going to waste a lot of money and time. Exactly. That was an amazing conversation, Chris. I thank you a lot for coming to the podcast and it's been a really amazing conversation. Thank you for being so humble and sharing all your thoughts about the marketing industry. I think the audience is going to love whatever you have tried to give. And I think it's a lot of learning for me as well. Like I've learned a lot of new things about marketing today. So thanks a dude, lot, harsh. man. Thanks, thanks a lot man. for being on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Harsh. I really appreciate it, dude. So that was Chris Davis. You can get in touch with him at Chris Davis Works on Instagram. And you can get help for your business through his marketing agency, Rev Carto. Thank you so much for tuning into IDHM Finance Podcast and making an effort to explore the world of marketing. We have some great episodes lined up for you. Till then, take care and have fun growing your businesses.